recording. Um, do we have any notes from last week? Um, oh, I should make a correction. Oh, uh, I said that I didn't understand why I associated the wrestlers so closely with Black Swan, but it's, they're by the same director, so that's why. I don't know if I subconsciously knew that, but it was when we were finished, and I was like, I said it to Stuart, and he was like, "Are they not directed by the same guy?" He also directed Requiem for a Dream, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I don't know. As I said, I don't know if I subconsciously knew that, but that'll be why, you know. Um. Okay. But there you go. Sense. Um. I can't think of any um anything that I've forgot because I'm perfect and I remember everything. There's probably a bunch of stuff I said I was going to put on the Twitter that I haven't put on <laughs> the Twitter. Probably for like a month's worth of stuff. Yeah. That's okay. We'll get better at social media, I'm sure. Hey you, if you wish to become our social media person, you can apply for a job. Uh, it's, the... it's not a job. We're not paying anyone. <laughs> we don't get paid for this. <laughs> um, Wait, what? We're not getting paid? No. Nobody sponsors us, Callum. Oh, I quit. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Kabloof. Kabloof. Okay. So this week, we're not really going to chat about topics. We're going to talk about Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Loosely, loosely Christmas. Very um, loosely. Um, I think we're just going to talk about stuff, things, and that, that's really it. Just chatting. I mean, we're good at going off topic, so why not make an off topic episode? Here's the thing, right? We say it's going to be off topic. What happens if this is the most like focused conversation we have? Just a really serious <laughs> conversation about Christmas. That's it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we do have a drink this week. I think Callum has multiple drinks this week. I do have multiple drinks. Um, what we're going to do this week is we're going to give a review of the drink right now. Straight and, up. And that means, and then we're just going to just talk for for a while. <laughs> yeah, but we can't say how long. We don't know how long. Yeah. We'll just talk. Uh, this week we're drinking Hoppe View. I think that's what it's called. It's a brandy from Holland. Um, with roots in Amsterdam, apparently. Um, the name View, V-I-E-U-X, uh, is a French word for old. And okay. the reason it's called that is because cognac brandy is one of those protected things. So, like, you can't say it's um, Stornoway black pudding unless it's made in Stornoway with the correct process. And you can't say it's uh, Harris Tweed if it's not actually Harris Tweed. Uh -huh. You can't say it's cognac if it isn't made in the cognac region of France. I did not know that. There you go. I learn something new every day. So this technically is the same kind of thing as cognac. But it's it just brandy. can't be called. It can't be called brandy. But it's very, very popular in the Netherlands from what I've read. It's like just, you know, a 25 quid bottle of brandy. Um, and apparently the youth... And if you're from the Netherlands and you're listening, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but from what I have read on Tinternet, which isn't an awful lot, to be honest, so there's every chance I'm wrong... Um, this is this is something that the youth in Nether the Netherlands often enjoy with Coke. So you'll have a, a brandy and Coke. So yeah. I mean Okay. I'm gonna sip it straight. I've also I'm also making a sidecar with this tonight because 
I like a sidecar. I like a sidecar and I like the other one I like is an old fashioned. Oh, I don't do usually like drink fashioned. brandy though. Old fashioned's so good. We'll mm. maybe do that next season. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Oh yeah, we should probably mention this is gonna be the last um episode for uh until the new year anyway. Mm. Um and yeah, so end of season party. Yay! Yay! Okay, I'm gonna take a sip. Same. Ooh. Ooh. That's lovely. That's really That's nice. really nice. It's also not what I expect. Mostly because I can't remember what brandy tastes like because I haven't had brandy in years. Mm. No, I'm going to pop it in my sidecar. I don't have a cocktail shaker, so it's not like a proper sidecar that's been, you know, shuggled a bit. Um, it's a stirred cocktail that I have made. But it's an approximation. It will taste roughly the same. It's the exact same ingredients. So, so like... Would it would it just be more like of like a side bicycle or a <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. A side bicycle. Side bicycle. A side bike. Um, what do you call what do you call um because I was trying to think of this earlier today, and this is probably the most random thing I'll say in the podcast tonight. Uh but you know uh the two person bicycle, what do you call that? What a tandem. Yes. I've been trying to think of that word all day because Luke asked me about it. He was like, oh, you get bicycles that are made for two people, right, mom? And I was like, yes, they're called. And then I just blanked and I was like, I'll tell you what they're called later. <laughs> so there we go. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've never ridden a tandem bike, I don't think. I think it sounds like a terrible it idea. It sounds awful. Because I guarantee I would be the one doing all the work. Yeah. It's like um that those big multiple person bikes that we were talking about uh, in Millport mm. on last episode. Um, because I know from like the five person bike that we were on, um, one person not pedaling made a huge difference. Everybody had to pedal or if it was really hard. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. I saw a thing. Always help your bike mates. And it was, um, I think it was like an experiment or something, and they basically hooked up somebody's house to like a few hundred bicycles. And right. obviously, the bicycles that the, like they got harder to pedal. The more things that happened, and the kettle was like really hard, and the washing machine was really hard, and the shower was really hard, and that's all I remember about it. But yeah, that's it. That's weird. I, I, I don't know why that popped I into my no head. I have no concept but... <laughs> of this. Well, why does anything pop into our heads, Callum? Oh, I don't know. We might be walking in like a, a fake reality because we're actually in a different reality. Doesn't matter. Who knows? COVID's a front for a false reality. I believe it. Tinfoil hats. Put them on now. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest thing about COVID is it's brought all the weird conspiracy theories out into the limelight. Yeah. Well, it's because everyone's like, at home and they've so got many nothing to do. Yeah, they just sit there twiddling their thumbs going, what if it's the lizards? Definitely. I bet you it's the lizards. Bill Gates, he's a lizard. That vaccine's going to turn us all into lizards. I mean, it's not. It's just a vaccine, guys. Um, okay, speaking of lizards. Okay. I don't know I don't know if you've seen it. It's There's a, there's a movie called Holidays. And it's a series of like short films put together for like each holiday. So there's a uh, Valentine's Day, 
St. Patrick's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, Halloween, Christmas and New Year. Right. And they're, it's, uh, I really liked it. It's garbage and none of it makes any sense and you have no idea what's going to happen. So the first one's really good, but the St. Patrick's Day one is probably my favorite. Okay. Um, right. Anyone who doesn't want spoiled for this, skip skip ahead because, eh, but it doesn't matter. You should watch it anyway. So, this woman is a teacher, and then there's a kid in her class who won't smile for whatever reason, and uh, she like leaves the teacher a note that says, "I will smile when what you wish is like." comes true or something daft like that and there's a picture of a snake on it which is really weird and then the woman comes finds out she's pregnant and it's like oh she's really excited because that's what she really wanted she always wanted to be pregnant or something or to have a kid and then uh the kids start smiling in the class and then you know the woman finds out that the doctor like tells them it's like ah yeah you're pregnant but um we're not sure with what Oh, you know, it's a sort of reptile thing. And it goes on for, for a while and it, it, you know, like, it seems weird and she's freaking out and she's like bleeding in the bath and stuff like that. And then she gives birth. <laughs> oh no. Oh she no. She gives birth to a snake, right? Right. But... The, the snake is like this giant snake with this weird face and it looks really happy and then she finds these group <laughs> of people who are like we're bringing the snakes back to Ireland what? And, and and like they're dancing around with the snake and then she's like oh I love my child I never realized it would be so beautiful and that's it that's the whole thing okay then right great <laughs> what? Yeah, you're. I was sitting there going, "What? I don't understand. What, what's the point in this? Why don't understand? What is Who this? wrote this? I can't even." Yeah, it that's so was garbage, <laughs> and it was brilliant. Um, but they're all really different as well. Um, they're all really right. weird and just garbage. But um, like there's one with the Easter Bunny, but the Easter Bunny is f like flesh. Um rabbit man who's really sweaty <laughs> but he's got jesus holes in his hands and in his side oh and the God. kid sees the kid sees the easter bunny he's like you must take my place and <laughs> it's so weird it's such a weird set what of things hell? and i would recommend anyone should go watch them oh um, my god that's awful. It's really I'm bad. not watching that. No, you need to. You have to watch <laughs> I'm it. I'm not watching that. You and Stuart, right? Okay, we're me, you and Stuart need to watch it at some point because it's oh. it's terrible. All right, but only if we can watch Twilight after. Yeah, it's fine. I like. Twilight. I, I I love Twilight. Not in a. I think it's actually great. And oh my god, <laughs> I'm so into it. It's literally like Twilight is just a thing of its own. Um, that is garbage. I admit that it's garbage. It's so bad, but I love it. 
it's just this really satisfying trash mm. like baseball vampires that's what sold me on twilight like we're we're watching the first one and i was like it's garbage it's garbage and then you have the baseball scene which you watch it and you're like do you know what this is every sports anime ever i'm into this this is great <laughs> I laughed. I laughed so hard during the early segments because it's really uncomfortable. And I know that that's not what they were going for. They were trying to convey this, like, attraction that cannot be denied. You know, this, like, they're magnetized to each other. Mm. They can't stay away. They can't control it. Oh, my God. You don't get that at all. Literally, Edward and Bella look like they are going to vomit at all times they are in each other's <laughs> presence like the faces they pull you're like you you don't like him you like hate him he nauseates you and then it's like no no they just they want each other so bad but it's, it's like no it's so bad no but that's they it need each other yeah but it's <laughs> Is, but that's that's but it isn't convincing at all no. it's like they hate each other that was the instant impression i got um yeah i love twilight so much because because it's bad it just makes me laugh like that line where uh bella says you nicknamed my daughter after the loch ness monster <laughs> oh, it's perfect it's perfection oh. how can you hate a film that contains that line I don't oh, think you can. Man. It's the delivery as well, though. You know, nobody well, else think, could have said that like that. I think what upsets me is I've seen a lot of them in other films. Like, obviously, Anna Kendrick's in it, and she's accepted as being great. Mm. Um, Robert Pattinson, who plays uh, Edward, he's fantastic. He's I've a really seen good him actor. in other roles, and he's a great actor. He's much, much more than, like, teen heartthrob Cedric Diggory, you know? Yeah. Um... And, like, is it Kristen Stewart? Yes. I've seen her in other things too, and she's fantastic in a lot of the stuff I've seen her in. Um, So they have this amazing cast. Taylor Lautner as well, who plays Jacob. I've seen him in stuff, and he's fantastic. I've not seen him. So, I or maybe I have, and I just oh, don't really? remember it. Yeah. I've seen him in a couple of things. He's um really, really good. They're great actors. Absolutely mm. fantastic cast. But this horrendous script... And, like, the direction... I don't know if it's just because the script is so bad or that the direction's weird, but... I mean, uh, <sighs> there's only so much you can do with a script. Yeah. And uh, I, do you know what? I fundamentally believe that they did everything that they could to make... Oh, to... for sure. Because I don't think it would be half as entertaining to me if the performances weren't good. Mm. Like, these people give their all to that shit and it's great. I think we talked about that previously with them, um, like Bison and um, yeah. I can't remember who else, but like, yeah, those, those kinds of roles where it's like, the script sucks, do what you can with it. And they do such a great job. Like, I think it was something to do with them, the, the Star Wars prequels we've talked about. Oh, last we're week. definitely talking about that. Yeah. Because there is only so much you can do with the script. You know, Ewan McGregor is a good actor. That's. Mm -hmm. We've all seen Train Spotting. Um, and. I mean, I mean, he does a good job in Star Wars, but it's garbage. Oh, it is. It's it's. it's they tried to garbage. polish a turd. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, okay, so moving into more festive waters, because um, it is Christmas in a few days. By the time you're listening to wait. this, it will be Christmas. I don't know if we're releasing this on Christmas, actually. Um, we'll see how, how um, on it I can be. But yeah, I mean, it's Christmas. We're going to be drinking. I'm taking cocktails to my in-law's house. Um, they live five minutes away from me, so that's what I'm doing for Christmas because um, Christmas Day is fine, apparently. Yeah, that's it, and then everything's to pot. Um, but I think that's the thing. I think we should start to talk about more festive things and, and good memories we've had Definitely. because this Christmas isn't going to be what any of us wanted. That's true. Um, what do you... Like, what, what does Christmas normally look like in, in your household? What's your... As an adult? Yeah, as an adult, like recent years. I mean, to be fair, this Christmas day isn't going to be very much different. Um, normally what happens, in the last few years anyway, uh, I, on Christmas Eve, I have kids. Uh, Santa spoilers coming up, so if you've got small kids, maybe don't let them listen to this part. If you've got um, small kids and you're letting them listen to this podcast, you're a bad parent. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so normally I have all my presents wrapped prior to Christmas Eve because the way I see it is if I wrap them, my, my eldest still believes in Santa. So if I wrap them all and I have them hidden around the house and he happens to come across one, he hasn't yet... He's not the most perceptive kid. He's great at other things. There's so many things he's wonderful at, but noticing things in the house is not one of them. Um, so I hide all my presents. They're already wrapped and labelled. Um, and that's because if he finds them, I can be like, well, that's how it works. Santa sends me the presents before Christmas Day because he can't possibly get around the world in one night. And I put them under the tree. Plus, it also means... Even if it breaks the illusion of Santa, he will not know what he has got for Christmas. So my mm. Christmas Eve every year is usually last minute things like, oh, I forgot I have to do this or put that in the fridge or I have to... This year, the thing I haven't done yet, which I really need to do is... Um... So my eldest has this giant Christmas stocking uh, and the year he was born, I uh, did, like, decoupage with fabric. Um, and I sewed his name onto it um, using scraps of fabric. So his stocking has his name on it and, like, some little stars here and there. <laughs> my my baby, um, I was like, well, I can't very well have my eldest with this giant stocking with a hand-sewn-on name. I have to do it for my, my baby as well so that mm. he's exactly the same. Started doing it. Done the first two letters. Haven't done the rest. <laughs> Still <laughs> sitting there. The letters are all cut out and I'm just like, I can't be bothered. I just cannot be bothered. <laughs> so I'll have to do that. Um, hopefully before Christmas Eve, but if not, I'll be doing that. So yeah, I've got everything prepped. So my Christmas Eve tends to be like, we'll stay up. We usually do like a Christmas Eve box with the, with the eldest and um, that has like dvd and some hot chocolate and some snacks like popcorn and we'll sit and we'll watch a film the last few years it's been lord of the rings films we've watched oh, okay on christmas eve uh and then he 
we let him stay up a little bit later in the hopes that maybe he'll be more tired and he'll go to sleep. Um, and then he goes up to bed and inevitably doesn't sleep. He never comes downstairs though, which is good. Um, That's and then good. once I'm sure that he is settled and he's not going to get back up, I put all the presents under the tree, have a glass of wine, and then I take myself off to bed. Um, every single year since my eldest son was born, he has not woken up on Christmas Day prior to nine o'clock in the morning. Really? Yes. What? So I get up, seven o'clock, I'm buzzing. We all wear our Christmas jammies, right? So we've all got these, like, we don't buy matching pajamas, but we all get brand new pajamas. Do you get Christmas them? Eve. Do you hand them out on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were the same. Um, we all wear them in uh, our brand new comfy jammies. So me and Stuart sitting there in the living room, Christmas jammies on, coffee in hand, waiting, waiting. And the thing is, because I want him to have that experience of being the first person to walk into the living room, we don't sit in the living room. We uh, we turn the Christmas lights on in the living room with all the presents. You know that glow. Mm. There's just the magic glow of the, the lights reflecting off of the presents and everything else is dark, right? Uh, stockings are in the fireplace. He doesn't ever bother with the, the stockings because in our house, the Santa presents are under the tree and the stocking has stuff from mum and dad in it. Uh, so that's okay, the boring yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, like clothes, a new toothbrush, wow, socks, you know? Yeah. Um, and some sweets. We always put like sweets and stuff in it. Um, so he ignores that. Um, but we have to sit in the dining room because I want him to come down and have that magical moment of, oh, he's been, you know? Has he been? Oh, man. All right, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, but this is a little bit... It's not off topic, but it's just um, reminded okay, me of a it. story. When I was really young, uh, we were living in Barra. Um, I walked through on Christmas Day to Mum and Dad's room, and they were like, oh, go check to see if Santa's been. So I left, went into the living room, came back through and went, no, no, he's not been. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe just maybe go check again. And I walk in, look, and then go back and go, no. And so mum walked me into the living room and I walked past, I would walk past this big pile of presents like that was kind of next to the fireplace. Kind of stand in the room, turn around and try and leave again. <laughs> and have... <laughs> No concept of the fact that there's this mound of gifts oh just God. over there in the corner. It's <laughs> just so like, ridiculous. No, mom, he's not. He's not here yet. He hasn't been. I'm going, he's back, not been. To I'm going back to bed. He, he's maybe late. <laughs> like <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, um, yeah. But so no. when I when I was wee, it was always Santa's presents were kind of next to the fire. Yeah. And mom, mom and dad's presents were under the tree. Mm. Um, and I think Santa did her stockings. I think um, right. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I can't well, really I remember, but I think I didn't have stockings growing up. Um, to continue with my my it's, typical yes, Christmas date, <laughs> that's okay. Tangents are allowed on this podcast. Um, so that happens. He does presents. This year it'll be a bit different because we've got a baby in the house too. Um, so that'll be like extra special for everybody else apart from the baby because he is a baby and he won't remember any of this. Um, but the baby's first Christmas is like, oh, it's just great. 
Having having done it once before, and it'll be even more magical because, you know, his big brother is there to participate. Mm. Um, then we have breakfast. I usually do something nice. Last few years, it's been pancakes. Um, I did a champagne breakfast once, but it was far too much hassle, and I haven't done it again. Especially since, like, arriving for Christmas dinner already a bit, you know, the worst for wear isn't a great idea. Yeah. Um, and then we just mess around... The, the child plays with his gifts and then the time comes to go up to Stuart's parents' house. Um, and that's where we have Christmas dinner. We drink far too much. We play games. You know, it's just a good time all around. Um, because I, I've said this to Callum, but um, my in-laws are very much people who won't allow you to run out of drink. If you've, if you've got a glass of wine and it looks like you've taken like half of it, They'll fill it back up for you when you're not looking. <laughs> uh, so you get quite quite merry. Uh, it's a very merry Christmas, and their Christmas dinner is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I have a I have a lovely time at Christmas. That's good. That's good. What about you? Um, so generally, um, I I go up to go up to Point, go up to the house, um, and just spend Christmas relaxing, drinking, and just generally just vegetating it's kind of the, my like excuse for not doing anything it's mm. the time period where none of my commitments are actually on i don't need to think about anything don't need to do anything i can just sit and switch off see i'm very very fortunate because i don't have to cook mm. i actually really enjoy cooking for a large volume of people callum has experienced this before um prior to covid Prior to me being pregnant with my um my youngest, um I used to have big parties. I'd have people over. We used to do New Year. We used New to have Year big was New Year. Good. And it isn't quite a party. I get a big group of people over. Find random places for them to sleep. <laughs> they stay it's over like for human a few Tetris. days. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, we all drink. Those who don't drink don't. That's fine. Um, but we all have a drink. We play tons and tons of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, my kid's involved in this. Like, you know, it's not a crazy party. I can't have a crazy party like that in my house unless I send the kids away. Um, and I don't feel that's fair. Like, I want Luke to enjoy the holidays, all of them. Um, so he gets to stay up to the bells on mid and uh, New Year. Um, so you know, we don't watch anything sweary or anything till he's away to bed after midnight. Um, but it's just a chill time, you know, we just relax and then, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I love to cook for large volumes of people. Like I, I do a big new year's roast, uh, for all my friends. Um, and I enjoy it. It's a bit stressful, but it's fun and it's worth it. Cause I think, mm. I think actually really, if you talk about love languages, cooking for other people and making them food that they enjoy that's my love language. That's how I show that I care about you. So if you get invited to my house for dinner, it's because I love you. Ah. Yeah. Um, but no, what about childhood? childhood. What, what was Christmas like as a child? Obviously, you've given me one example. I've given you one example, yes. <laughs> um, but no, in like, general, especially once we moved up to Point, um, mm. Christmases were a lot, obviously, um, massive, massive in our house. And uh, I was one of those kids who would never get to sleep. Just, Same. I'd, be, I'd be buzzing oh, all night. I wouldn't ever leave my bed. No. I'd lie there 
I'd lie there and lie there and wait and wait and it would take forever and it would be the longest night of your life. Do you know what though? See, when I was a kid, um, so you'd go through that whole night of waiting up and waiting up. Eventually you'd fall asleep and you'd wake up and you'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, he's been, ah, right. And I have five brothers. So the pile of presents wasn't just under the tree. It was all across the floor and it went on for miles and it wasn't like it was categorized. Santa in our house just dumped them. So it'd be like, this really beautifully laid out, like on purposely messy pile of presents, That's beautifully brilliant. wrapped, stunning. Um, but you had to check all of the labels, and you didn't know which ones were for you <gasps> at, at first glance. So it was like a hunt, and it was great. But so the night would take forever. You'd be lying there waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah, then you get up. Listen, we for like reindeer hooves or something, and sit there oh! waiting, like. You'd get that, so you'd get that sort of like deafening silence of like, like, oh, did I hear something? I don't know. Uh, I've got to keep my eyes closed in case he comes in. And <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but my parents, uh, our, her whole family is quite religious. You know, uh, we were brought up in a very Catholic, wider family as well. Um, but we weren't allowed to touch anything that was under the tree. We were allowed to look at labels of surface gifts. Mm-hmm. But we weren't allowed to dig through and pick out our own. We weren't allowed to move them. We had to go to church first. Yeah. We had to go to mass. Um, Well, we... And I tell you what, Christmas mass isn't actually any longer. I was an altar girl for years and years and years. I I was an altar server. Um, And I actually served Christmas mass too. Christmas mass does not take any longer than any other mass in the year. But it feels like it's four hours. See, yep. when you're a kid, it's you an feel eternity. Like it's torture. See, if you know you've got gifts at home and you're just waiting to get home. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It got to the point where my siblings and I were like, Mum, we want to go to the vigil. Take us to the vigil mass. Because if we go to the vigil mass... We don't have to wait for shit. Well, <laughs> like, here's the we thing. We can just get up. Here's and then... how it worked in my household. <laughs> so Christmas Eve, we'd go to midnight mass. Right. And then Christmas Day, well, you wouldn't get to sleep even though you've been up till, um, uh, I think about half midnight it finished. The carol service started at 11. Mm. Uh, and then that was about half an hour. And then mass is almost an hour. Um, Just so, yeah, about. So depends on the priest. Depends oh, yes. on the amount of hymns. Yes, <laughs> there but, are um, short masses. Oh, there are. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'd get home and obviously stay up listening for the reindeer, and then you'd wake up at stupid o'clock in the morning. Get up. Now we were allowed to open some presents before, oh, but oh. then we'd go to mass again on Christmas Day. What? We never did that. Yeah, so we had to go... We went to the vigil, the midnight mass, and then we'd also go to mass the That's following horrendous. day. That's um, horrendous. That's so unfair. So we really had to wait. We never had to do that. But what we did, we were allowed to open it. Right, so Santa presents under the tree. We never had stockings. Too many kids to have stockings, I hmm. think. Um, But it was it was just a mass of presents under the tree. Weren't allowed to touch those, right? But my mum would come in probably about 5, 4, 5 a.m. 
And I know this because one time I was awake for it. She didn't know I was awake. I stayed asleep. I stayed pretending. Oh. Um, my mum would come in and leave a gift at the end of your bed. Oh. And that was the gift from mum and dad. And you were allowed to open that. Uh, and you could open that before anybody else was awake. You could open that as soon as you saw it. Um, so you'd open that and that'd be like your taste. You know, your, oh. Um, but so after we started going to Midnight Mass... It wasn't always midnight mass. My church changed it to nine o'clock. Yeah, there's a few churches that midnight mass isn't actually at midnight. Mm. But that's... Um, and then we'd have to wait for mum and dad to get up. So we go down, we weren't allowed to touch anything we could see. We could touch the surface, as I said, the, like, the ones on the top that wouldn't cause a catastrophic failure of the gift pile. <laughs> um, and you would look at them and you'd see... But then you'd have to wait for mum to get up. My mother, and I know this now as an adult, my mother doesn't didn't ever do what I did, which was wrap everything as soon as it came. Like, when my eldest is at school, I get wrapping, right? That's my wrap time. Mm. Um, but my mum wrapped everything by herself on Christmas Eve. Six and kids. There, mm, oh. So... She probably went to bed about half five, six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and we were getting up about half six, seven o'clock. So it would be that way where we're desperate to open them. We're just waiting and waiting. And, oh my God, there's presents. That's brilliant. And mum just wouldn't get up because she was shattered. She was dead, you know? Uh, so, you know, if it wasn't waiting for church to be finished, it was waiting for, you know mum to wake up oh um, man when i was a really small child uh when we still stayed in the flat in elm drive which is a very long time ago um i think i would i would have been up four because i remember it you know okay yeah, yeah. Uh, i woke up first before anyone else and i went into the living room and there, there were all the gifts laid out and i was really nosy so I poked holes in all of them. <laughs> 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 like, I stuck my finger in. And it was that way where I was the sort of child who would do that sort of thing that you obviously knew. Like, you've done that on purpose. It's completely obvious to everyone. And then I'd lie about it like, oh, it was an accident. Was an accident. I did sorry. do it, but I didn't mean it. My finger, I just stood oh, on it, you yeah. know? That's, that's um, brilliant. Such a bad liar. <laughs> such a bad liar. Um, I was four. Um, so I remember being like, oh, Christopher, you got an action man. <laughs> and I knew because I poked a hole in his presence. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, such oh. a bad child. See, um, I, I don't think I would have got away with anything like that. Um. But I mean, yes, I assume you didn't get away with it anyway, but like... No, I got in so much trouble! <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I was think... four! I remember it. It was like one of those ones where my mum just did the disappointed face. And I was like... Oh. <laughs> oh no, what have I done? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I have, like... The thing is, I remember most christmases because every christmas i think from about the age of 
let's see, maybe seven or eight, um, Dad filmed. So he would set up the camera just like in the room and just leave it recording while we sat and opened our presents. So there are countless, and now and again, uh, whenever I'm up, um, Dad will stick them on. Oh, um, you sit there and like, oh man, I remember all of this, and I, I, I suppose I remember it because I've seen it so many times. But no, but I think watching footage like that back does jog the memory, so yeah. you remember it from your perspective. It's so weird. It is bizarre. There was one year. Oh man, there was one year, and uh, you can see the disappointment on my face. Oh. I open up this. I open up this present. And it's a violin case. And I was like... And you could see on my face that I was like, oh, it's a violin. Oh, it's lame. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. I didn't even open it. I just moved it to the side and started opening other things. That's terrible. And, and then later they were like, oh, Callum, do you want to open up your violin? I was like, oh, okay. And then I opened it and it was an electric violin. And I went, what? That's so cool! <laughs> and they were like, oh, were you a bit disappointed? I was like, yeah, I kind of was. It was really funny. It's so funny, because see now as an adult, if somebody bought me a decent violin for Christmas, I'd be like, oh, another free instrument! Oh, you and your free instruments, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so far, my, my house contains, I think, a free acoustic, a free electric, a saxophone, that isn't mine. I'm borrowing that. That isn't like mine. Um, did I say a free electric guitar? No, yeah. you didn't. Well, a free electric guitar, <laughs> uh, a ukulele, and a piano that I got for free. Like because an actual I'm piano, not like a, a not a keyboard. keyboard. A, a piano, like a real piano. upright piano. Oh, yes. It's so annoying. I want to. So funny. So funny. Um, you'll have one one day, Callum. I will I have one no day. Doubt. I mean, I've got I've got like a stage piano one. I've got like my um, wee like synthy controller thing as well. Um, um, but what is your most memorable Christmas? Because for me, it's not a happy a happy Christmas. Um, for me, um, my most memorable Christmas. Um, I was just coming back from college for Christmas, and. Got to Inverness and I was going to stay over in Inverness because of timings or something. And on the train, I bumped into our good friend Shoris. Yeah. Um. And so we we hung out and we went we hung out in the in the hotel. Um. And we stayed up and had some had some drinks. Um. And I ordered some whiskey and then Shoris ordered the same. Um. Now, I should preface, I was going to say preface, preface the story <laughs> with, um, Shoris is diabetic, so we got pretty, pretty merry, um, in the hotel, and, uh, the next day, the, um, we're waiting for the bus, we nicked in, got a subway, I think, or something to eat, um, and then we're waiting for the bus, and the bus shows up. And then Shora starts talking gibberish and starts walking off. And I, like, um, went over and then George just passed out and then, you know, started convulsing. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Shit. Um, 
so I like called for people to help, and the bus driver came out and was like, "Oh, is he epileptic?" And then like pulled out this like stabby needle thing, and was like, "No, no, 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 it's diabetes. Um, can someone go in get like a Lucozade or something?" And so we phoned the ambulance. And the ambulance came, picked us up, and um, we got into the ambulance. Um, and it took us to the hospital. He got, and I had to wait. Obviously, we missed the bus. <laughs> um, I think I <laughs> right. Continue. So <laughs> I think I've heard this one before. While I'm waiting um, for Shores to come come out of the, um, or for me to be able to actually see Shores or whatever. Um, so I phone mum and say, right, now, whenever I'm on the phone, I'm a bit rubbish. I never open with the important things. I always open with the, the mundane stuff that probably Hello, shouldn't. Hello, how are you? I was What's like, going oh, on? <laughs> hi, how's it going? Yeah, um, I've missed the bus. And mum went, what? And gave me this, like, row over the phone. And I was like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Um, Shoris hypoed, and now we're at the hospital. And she was like, why did you not open with that? <laughs> um, so we ended up, and this was on Boxing Day, so there was no way we were getting back. Uh, not on Boxing Day, on Christmas Eve. So there was no way we were actually going to get to Stornoway. Um, so Shoris had an auntie who was staying outside Inverness who wasn't there and left her key with the neighbour so we got picked up by someone took to taken to Tesco to get food and stuff and we got like pre-made packaged like um Christmas dinner things that you just bung in the <laughs> oven for 20 minutes um and got taken to to this house chapped on the neighbour's door and said here's here's the deal <laughs> we need to get into this house and we got in and we spent like a few days just chilling out in in Charles's auntie's house and we like I sat and I watched like the top 100 christmas songs of all time amazing that is my most memorable christmas i'm pretty sure see that's a much better story than mine i have heard that story though but i haven't heard it from your perspective i remember i think it was your dad telling us Oh, Callum didn't make it for Christmas, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. Um, also, just a random tidbit. Your mother has just followed the Infamous podcast on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so I, I saw her today and um, she was like, oh, how's Claire doing? And I was like, oh, good. She's like, are you speaking to her much? And I was like, yeah, we're, we're doing a weekly podcast. And she was like, what? <laughs> you're you're doing a podcast I was like, yes she was like oh okay and then she started like talking about something about someone writing a blog or something and um and she was like oh maybe i'll give it a listen and i was like i mean you can if you want but you might not enjoy it <laughs> yeah um but she said Do you know what I I will, I... <laughs> i'll give you the follows sure. to make sure you, you know to keep your numbers up and it's like are you getting many listeners and i gave her the stats and stuff and I was like oh actually really good yeah, I'm actually surprised how many people listen to us I rant. Know. Honestly, honestly. I feel so bad though because I'm pretty sure I mentioned your mum at one point about um the I don't actually know if this was on the podcast, but I'll bring it up now anyway. And if it was, you've already heard this, and if it wasn't, well, I'm telling it now. Um no, um I think I mentioned the fact that when 
I went to see you guys do War of the Worlds. I think I'd had like one rum and then two pints and I wasn't that drunk, but I was dancing. That's right. I dance absolutely stupid <laughs> anyway when I'm sober because I don't get to do that very often. Um, and I enjoy it. And I'm the sort of person that doesn't really care what you think of me. Mm. I think your mum thought I was really like, really wrecked. Yep. I wasn't. I have been wrecked before. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the thing. I think like because your mum generally only sees me when I'm up on the islands and sometimes I go by myself with no kids. Uh-huh. She sees me sometimes when I'm like really mad with it. <laughs> mad with it. Um, Clears on the sesh. Sesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So like... I don't drink that much, really. Um, I drink on a Friday night now. Um, but I'm not a big drinker, generally mm. speaking. But, you know, when I get time and I, there's no kids and I have a free day the next day, you know, I'll, I'll have a fun time. I'll, I'll drink up. Um, but anyway, my most memorable Christmas, and this is going to bring the mood down. Okay. Um, my most memorable Christmas was... Christmas, it was either Christmas 1919, no, it was Christmas to the year 2000. That's what it was. Christmas the year 2000, because I was in primary seven. Um, And my younger brother, John, he had cancer when he was two and a half, I think. And he was fine, you know. Um, My, my parents got us through that horrible time. Mm-hmm. He survived. He had an operation. Um, and then when he was about five, he was in primary one, so he would have been five, four or five. Um, he suffered a complication that was to do with the surgery that he had when he was younger. He had what's called adhesions. And what had happened is scar tissue from his surgery had wrapped around his bill, so his bill no longer functioned. Um, so he had to have a further surgery to deal with that. That happened again when he was in primary five. Uh, yeah, because I was in P7, he was in P5, and it would have been the year 2000. Um, so he had to go to hospital. Unfortunately, this happened around Christmas time. I think it was like a couple of days before Christmas day. And he had to have surgery. Uh, but because it was an emergency, he had surgery on Christmas day. Oh. Yeah. The worst part was, and this is the worst part for me, like when he was younger... Um, I was so young that I didn't really understand the gravity of the situation, mm. you know? It wasn't like, because when, when he was two and a half, I was four, so he had cancer. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew was sometimes I get to go to York Hill and see my brother and then I visit the transport museum, you know? I didn't know anything more than that. I knew he had a tumour. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that he could die. Um, so it was kind of the first time... Because my family has a lot of medical issues. Uh, my particular shooting off of the family. Um, it, but it was the first kind of time I recognised that this was a serious situation. Um, and, you know, my brother could die. Um, so that happened on Christmas Day. And it was really weird because every other Christmas I'd had up until that point was this really 
great time. You know, it was such a joyous occasion. We had amazing food. Um, we had so many presents I couldn't fathom. Um, and I remember earlier that year, over the summer, me and John were like, wouldn't it be great if you could just hibernate until Christmas? <laughs> Which is a stupid thing to say. <laughs> but I just remembered um, when he got taken in for that surgery, thinking like, he was looking forward to this. You know, this was like the highlight of his mm -hmm. year. This was everything he was looking forward to and it's been taken away from him. And it's garbage. Um, we still had Christmas dinner. We opened half of the presents and we left the other half for when he got out of hospital. Um, and we spent the rest of the day waiting for the surgery to be over. And it's one of those things, like you see it in movies, you know, the, the tense family waiting in the waiting room, uh -huh. like... But it's nothing like it is in the movies or in TV. It's horrible. It's like, obviously they try to convey that, but you'll never know what that feels like until you're there. Mm -hmm. um, the, the weirdest thing about it is that I remember just being too hot. It was really warm in that waiting room. Um, and I I had like, uh, like a wee vest on under my top and I remember taking my top off and just sitting in my vest <laughs> like in this waiting room because obviously I'd been like wrapped up to go out into the cold because that year was also one of the worst snowstorms that Scotland has ever seen. Um, to the point where like you were watching the news and it was like, don't travel if you don't have to don't leave your home unless it's completely necessary um so we were we drove up to york hill hospital in glasgow and this like blizzard it was ridiculous um he survived thankfully his surgery was a complete success and he's still alive today to tell mm -hmm. the tale um and he got out on new year's day um and we had fake christmas on new year's day so he got home and he got to open all of his presents um and I remember him telling me, because me and him were very close. Um, I'm pretty sure me and him were sharing a bedroom at that point. Because um, it was before I got my own room. Uh, and I was on the top bunk and he was in the bottom bunk. And we used to chat every night. Um, I don't know if you and Neve ever shared a room. We but, did, um, yes. But So you'll know what that's like. Yeah. Like sharing a room with your younger sibling. You get really close to them. You chat about nothing, you know? Yep. And then <laughs> and you get the, oi, you! Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> Go to <Shut> sleep. <laughs> yeah, that. So at that time, me and John were really, really close. You know, we, you know, we just chatted all night. Um, so I, I had to sleep in this bedroom, and he was, he wasn't there, and it was shit. <laughs> it was just garbage. Um, but when he got out, it was great. Um, but I think my mum always talks about this. He got home and. He looked at the Christmas tree and like the melting snow outside and he just said, oh, I've missed it. And I think that's the saddest thing I have ever heard. Like, obviously, I know that there are other countries that don't celebrate Christmas and that's fine, you know. But to have this one event that you're like so hyped up for, it's like the biggest thing every year and you're so excited for it and then you miss it. It's garbage. Um... Yeah, that yeah. was my most memorable Christmas. And it isn't a good memory, but every Christmas I think about it and I'm like, you know what? I am so grateful for everything that I have. Uh -huh. Like, I have my whole family. None, none of my brothers have passed away, even though 
you know, that's been a possibility on numerous occasions within my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I have all my brothers. I'm not going to see them this Christmas, which sucks. But yeah, they're there and they'll be there for next year, you know. Touch wood. Yes. <laughs> uh, Don't want to jinx that. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, like I think that sort of thing leaves you with a morbid sense of humour. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Um, I remember. I actually distinctly remember um, that year. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was for because I was really young, obviously. Um, I was like five. Um, but uh, I made a card. Um, for John. Um, sent him, sent him a, sent him a wee handmade. I say handmade. Aww. It was like a terrible drawing on the front of this like. That's so sweet. A4 sheet of cards, folded in half. And it was just like, get well soon. Um, having no concept of what was going on. Like, I just had no idea. No, you were Obviously. miles away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I distinctly remember. I completely forgot about that until you were, you were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. man, I remember that. Well, that, that, yeah, that, that has been my most memorable Christmas. Like, apart from that, like, maybe my eldest's first Christmas. Because that was the first Christmas that I had my own child. Um... But I think maybe when he was like three or four is probably way more memorable because that was the first Christmas that he knew what was going on. Because when they're babies, they don't know. It's just, oh, shiny paper, I'll rip that. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, what about Christmas dinner? What traditionally do you have at Christmas dinner? Are you a turkey family or... We are a mix of things. We're a bit of everything. Um, mm. If anyone knows my mum... She she likes she likes food. She she likes. She's a fantastic she is, cook. Oh, she's very good. And um, I keep asking her like, how is she good at cooking? She's like, honestly, like when you when you cook for for kids for twenty odd years, you're yeah, you you, you get decent. Um, and like when she was young, she used to cook for her family as well. Um, when uh her mum passed away, um, she did most of the the family cooking. So I guess it just comes with doing it all the time. But yeah, so she will cook up, you know, she'll do a, a turkey roast. Um, but then there'll also be like ham on the go. Uh, stuffing. Uh, we'd have prong cocktails to start. Oh, yeah, because yeah, the prong, classic. The classic prong cocktail because you can't. It's not Christmas without the prong it's cocktail. It's not just that. If you have something easy like a prong cocktail, if you know how to make prong cocktail sauce you're mm-hmm. sorted like it's easy you just put the stuff in there you stick the sauce on you send it out that's it it gives you far more time to focus on making an amazing main course which let's be real is the whole point in christmas dinner yeah oh um i have i have turkey in my mother-in-law's house yeah we, like, like they're a turkey it's family the only time of year that i have turkey I think it's the only time of year a lot of people have turkey. Um, Unless you're in America, then yeah, you probably have it at Thanksgiving. Uh, I did have um, a Thanksgiving dinner this year. Um, oh. Uh, went to see my uncle in his house, his new house, um, and he made uh, an amazing roast. It was lovely. Um, so really, it felt like a Christmas dinner because that's what it was. Um, yeah, that that's what Thanksgiving dinner is. It's um, just Christmas dinner. It's just Christmas dinner. dinner. But um, the nice thing about it was that it, it gave me like a little bit of the Christmas fix. Like I'm not so stressed about Christmas now. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And uh, me, me and Shannon had our Christmas thing um, on Wednesday, Thursday there. Oh. And that was lovely. Um, so I'm having like three Christmases this year, and I just feel more relaxed about it. So I'm going to have multiple Christmases every year, I think, going forward. You're you're very fortunate because um, you know you're you're up there and you're in level one, so things yeah. are a lot more relaxed where you are. Whereas For here now. we're in level two. Well, yeah, until a Boxing Day. Until Boxing but Day. But we're. <laughs> we're in level two so like we're a bit more strict than you and we've been in level three before that uh-huh but uh so we've not really seen anyone at all it sucks um especially with the baby in the house because you know this is my baby's first christmas and he's only gonna see his grandparents on one side of the family mm-hmm. he's still not met my mum which i know sucks. it's so sad <laughs> it's, it's so, so garbage sad. um but we're going to make the most of it, you know? Um, growing up, growing up, we always had like um, ham or beef. And there was one Christmas where I was a Christmas temp in Marks and Spencer's. And I seen a Twitter thread about this and it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, That's for you. M&S, M&S Christmas, right? All of the stuff they don't sell, all of the food that they do not sell, they sell it to their staff on Christmas Eve night when the store closes for like, oh, a turkey, that's four pounds. And it's like a 30 pound turkey. Ooh. M&S 30 pound turkey, you know. What's it they say? This isn't just food, it's M&S food. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> do you know what? See, when I worked for them, do you know what they said at the end of training? Oh, and remember... You're not just any customer service assistant. Oh my god! You're an M and S customer. They, no! they said it. It's true, Callum. No! It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. I've never worked at McDonald's, right? Right. But um, I I know a few people who have, and their like schedule system is like the McSchedule. Oh. And they have their McTimetables and stuff, and it's like you don't. You don't ever think these things are real. You don't ever think it's like that behind the scenes, but it always, always is. But one thing I'll say about the staff canteen was that you got... um, So you could either go up to the counter and get food from the canteen, but they also had these vending machines for when the canteen wasn't open, if you were working late or whatever. Um, And it was a vending machine that was filled with M&S food <laughs> for, like, really cheap so you get, I used to eat like an M&S mac and cheese and then an M&S like signature jelly with like raspberries in it and stuff. I ate like a king when I worked in there. Wow. Um, and they also have like, I'm giving away trade secrets, I suppose. I don't care though. Um, what they're going to do, fire you? <laughs> exactly. Hire you maybe? Um, hire me. No, don't. I have a job. <laughs> I no, but they also job. have this like super discount rail up there and you can buy stuff from it and it's like, oh, that's 20p and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Um, I would say if you're going to work in retail, MS isn't the worst place to work. Um, Retail sucks though. Retail and working in MS sucks because you're in retail and you have to deal with people. But um, as far as retail goes though, you could do worse than M&S, you know? Oh, yeah. They're definitely. not that bad a place to work. Um, Before we carry on... Okay. How would you rate this brandy? 
Oh yeah, because we didn't do that. I totally you know forgot what? about it. Um, I think I give this rating to most of the drinks we try on here, but like a seven. Yeah, I'd decent. give it. A, I'd give it about a seven. It um, went in my sidecar very nicely. Did it? Well, I just drank it straight, and it's it's very nice. Well, I had a few sips of it straight before I stuck um, it in my. And yeah, I'd give it a seven too. I think. Um. If you want your booze rated on this podcast, we'll give you a solid seven. Yep, at the very least. At the least. Um, the other drink I want to review. Oh, yes. Yes, I forgot I you were been, doing I this. I have been sipping it. Is I've made some wine. Um, It's it's red wine. Uh, I think it's a, a Cabernet something or other. Uh, something, something. It's not. It's. It's. I was gonna say it's nice. It's. It's okay. It is inoffensive, but it's really. It is making me a bit cheery, and um, <laughs> quite, quite toasty. I think. Are you bottling some up for my baby for when he's eighteen? Uh, yep. I'll, I'm putting it in. Um, I'm putting it in one of the the wee the wee bottles that we've used Aww. for the the thingy. So it's currently sterilizing just now. I'm gonna put that in the bottle, rewax it. And I'll I'll write on it and uh, yeah we'll give it to your wee boy. So cute. Wine from so the same cute. year. Oh, so cool. It is. Um, it's so great. But I are you sending this... me a bottle of your wine? I want a bottle of your wine. Oh, uh, okay. Is there enough for that? There might be. There, de- if there, there is. definitely is. Yeah. I'll send you a bottle. Pop is a bottle. I'll no add it to my cupboard of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not awful. It smells worse than it tastes. It does have oh, that homebrew okay. smell. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's okay. Um, because I moved the the barrel when I um siphoned, I just siphoned it straight into the glass. Um, I did get a wee bit of like um like grape skin in the in the glass, but. When I'm actually bottling it, I'll be a bit more careful. It's your, it's your, it's your first time. You know, you've never made wine before. Nope. Unless I'm wrong. Uh, which no, I'm I've not. never made, made I've, bleh. I've never made wine before. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Actually, um, now this has nothing to do with Christmas, but our uncle, our uncle Harry. Oh God. <laughs> he made wine. I don't know if he still makes wine. Um, I'm sure he would if you asked him. Oh yeah, probably. If you wanna, if you want to 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 die and go blind, Ooh. that's the wine for you. That's the wine for you. If you if you're feeling like that, you you want a little bit extra hair on your body. Perhaps that chest that's hair hasn't come through for you. for you. That's definitely the wine for you. Wanna grow a beard? Actually, that's a good point. Maybe I should get him to make me some wine so I can actually grow a beard. Yeah. I've only ever tasted our Uncle Harry's wine twice, maybe. And I've never drank a full glass. The first time was when I was on holiday with my family. I would have been about 15 or 16. Went to Aviemore. Went to this little place called Nethy Bridge. And uh, we were in this lovely, lovely holiday rental. Uh, and my parents had brought this bottle of wine. Uh, my parents don't drink wine. I said this before. My parents do not drink wine. My mum does now. 
now many many years later but she wasn't like a wine drinker at this time um and she decided to crack open this bottle of wine that her brother had given her okay i had like two sips and i was like "Woo!" <laughs> like i i was i you know i was a teenager i didn't drink that much um so i had like zero tolerance um and this this just knocked my socks off it was really tasty though from what i remember it oh. could just be like nostalgia speaking but i remember uh -huh. it tasting really quite nice even though it was really 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 strong yeah my dad went through a phase of making wine um when i was reasonably young and um the house like the, the it was like um the the bathroom always just smelt of that homebrew wine smell and after a while it's not a very nice smell um it, it's oh. I find like homebrew like homebrew beers. I've had a lot of lovely homebrew beers, but when it comes to wine, I don't think I've had a homebrew wine that I've gone. Yep, that's something I would pay eight pound in a shop for. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like as I said, I remember Uncle Harry's wine being really, really, really nice, but I don't remember enough to say, yeah, I'd buy that. You know, mm. I just remember it being strong. Um, speaking of strong things, and this is this is uh, just something I think everyone should try once. I haven't tried it yet. Okay, it's on my bucket list. I found this uh, Austrian beer. I think it's called Samaklaus, something like that. Um, it's fourteen percent. Ooh, fourteen percent beer. Um. And I've got it for my brother-in-law's Christmas because he likes different weird beers uh -huh. from around the world. Um, and I'm desperate to try it. Desperate to try I just want it so badly. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know what this ridiculous 14% beer is, you know? Um, maybe we'll drink it next season. Oh, we totally should. Oh, that's a great idea. Yes. 100%. Oh, no, that's a bit much. I'll stick with the 14 <laughs> I just need to know what does a fourteen percent beer taste like? Like, I was gonna apparently say it must as taste... well. Oh, it's only it's only brewed once a year. Okay, special beer. Oh, special yeah. once a year beer. Once a year beer. Maybe you should only drink it once a year too. That's why it's fourteen percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, brilliant. <clears throat> what did you ask Santa to bring you? Oh, here. Many a do things. You, do you still ask your parents for presents? Uh, yeah, so this year... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, in our family group chat, <laughs> there is the every every year we get the... Right, what do people want? <laughs> um, so I asked my mum for a new jacket. Right. And I've asked my dad for a wireless instrument um, pack for my saxophone, for the clip-on mic. I've got my saxophone so I can saxophone wirelessly while gigging. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. 
in fairness, like no, we we all we still all buy each other stuff. Um, but I think because like un like you've got like such a wide, oops, punching punching the microphone. Apologies. Um, you've got such like a large immediate family. Um, I guess it's harder and for your kids. mom and dad yeah, yeah. to to um just go okay, um, well we're gonna buy this, and then for you to go out and buy six, seven, eight presents for my mum. My mum bought us uh, a case of wine. So we got 12 mm. different bottles of wine. Um, and I'm happy with that, man. Like, wine's expensive. Wine is expensive. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got, I got a case of 12 wines. I don't really ask my mum for anything these days. Um, I have two kids of my own. And instead of asking me what I want, she goes, oh, what do my grandkids want for Christmas? <laughs> um so she'll ask me she she asks me about them um and i'm happy with that honestly because for me like once you're a parent christmas is really about your kids it's nice to get a good present um and my other half is very generous uh and spoils me every year um and i try my hardest to spoil him too um but i also get spoiled off his parents they buy me like tons of stuff and Man. you're like, why? Yeah. Uh, but my mum my mom will buy me, like, a thing. Mm. Um, and that's really it. But that's fine. I'm not, you know, really fussed about it as an adult now. For me, Christmas is about, you know, sitting around the house in your pyjamas and getting drunk and eating tons and tons of food. Yeah, definitely. That's it. The food is the big one. Like, if I can spend all day eating, that's that's the perfect Christmas. That's yeah, that's it. And it's the thing is, like, I've said this to you before, but um, I have a bit of a belly going. Lockdown has not been good to my body. I've just, you know, I gave birth in May, and I've got what they call the baby weight. I don't really care, really, about how I look in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I'm still me. It doesn't matter what I look like in terms of weight or whatever. But, you know, I've put on some weight. My diet's gotten really, really unhealthy. I just constantly snack and eat garbage. And I was like, oh, I need to do something about this. But honestly, there's no point doing anything about that in December. Because my fridge is filled with cheese. I I have, like, two packets of mince pie and a Yule log oh. in, in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> it's December. I'm not going to go... Like sorting out my diet and lifestyle. That's what New Year's resolutions are for. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I just, I don't know. It's not Christmas if you can't stuff your face. Exactly. You actually reminded me. Um, uh, was it the Christmas before? I can't remember what Christmas it was, but it was recent. Your mum gave my mum a little little um, gift bag um, after midnight mass, I think. Uh, and we went home, and then we had like miniature steak pies and miniature like chicken pies, and like little tiny Yorkshire puddings and stuff, and like some yeah. cheese and stuff before Canapes. we went to bed. Yeah, just before we went to bed. And so we opened a bottle of wine. Um, because so mum and dad did this thing. Um, it's the naked wines thing. Oh, my mum does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, you pick out like a bunch of wines and they send you all these wines and it's like a reasonable price or whatever it is. And Can I just say fancy. they are all good. Delicious. They are all good. <laughs> so we opened opened a bottle of wine, we had it, nice, nice red wine, and we drank it and we're like, oh wow. 
that's got to be one of the best wines I've had in like ever. It was delicious. It was delicious. We sat there and we're like, oh. And then we finished the bottle and we're like, oh, we could have we could have another bottle of wine, I'm sure. And we're like, oh man. And then we went to check to see if we had another one of those bottles. Um, and we didn't. And um, we didn't have anything that was like the same kind because Mum's quite uh, she quite likes having the same kind of wine throughout the night. Um. Uh, as as do I, but I'm, I'm less fussy in that regard. Um, and so she was like, oh, we'll just check Auntie Margaret's present to see if it's the same kind. Um, a, mer- a Merlot or whatever it was. So we open, we open up the bag, lift it out, and it's the exact same bottle of wine. And we yes! just sat there and went, it's a Christmas miracle! <laughs> what? And because we're, we're like half cut, we're genuinely like awestruck by this. And yeah, it's almost like the tears are running down yeah. the face, like, oh my god! Exactly. Now, the actual chances of that happening were like, they were a, little, like, a lot less than we, we made it out to be at the time, because obviously they both do the Naked Wines thing. I think they both got the it's like a pre-select stuff and then yeah, yeah, pick out, yeah. you pick out some and you get oh, like a random Oh, we went for selection. the mixed box or we yeah. went for the reds box. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. for us, we were like, how the chances of of us getting the same bottle and then for us to even... Like, I would never open a present before Christmas, but what are the chances of it being... This, this is a Christmas miracle. It's a sign from God <laughs> that we have to drink this wine. And so we drank it. It was great. Well, so that that's kind of related to the gift my mum got us. She was like, oh, I got you something, but it'll be really, really obvious what it is when it arrives. It arrived and it was a box from Naked Wines. Uh-huh. 12 pack of, of wine, a case of wine. Um, and it's all different wines. Um, and we're like, we're just going to open one on Friday because, yeah. We were just like, we're just going to open it. We're just going to have a bottle of wine. I video called my mum and I was drinking the wine and I was like, I was so bad. <laughs> I opened the present. She's like, it's fine. It's cool. Um, but honestly, the wine was great. And I'm really excited to drink the rest of them. Mm. And I bet you this is how naked wines get more people. Because... Well, that's it. I'm tempted to, mm. to sign up and like just put like a few quid in each month or whatever and then at the end of the year next year just get a bunch of wine yeah just a couple of cases like two or three cases of wine with whatever it is you put in yeah um and every single wine i've had because i uh the last time i visited my mum i had a couple of bottles of wine in her house and they were all great Mm -hmm. and it was naked wines sponsor us naked wines please do oh yes (laughs) Um, no, I've Can never had a bad wine from, like, like well, I've never had anything from them, but, like, every one that I've had that has been from them has been blah, blah, mm. lovely. Yeah, my mum swears by them, so mm. they must be all right. Well, the more mm. I drink this wine, the better it tastes. Isn't that the case with all wine? No, right, okay, there is one wine in the... Actually, it was at Christmas time I had this wine as well, so it's on topic. I have only ever poured one bottle of wine down the sink. And this bottle of wine... Now, in its defence, I was in Tesco and I was looking for wine 
And I was kind of like, you know, it's like the end of the month and you're like, oh, I don't really have any money. £3.50. Bottle. I was like, yep, I'm having it. How bad can it be? Let me tell you. It could be pretty bad. It was garbage. It was garbage. I was like, this is like off grape juice. It's disgusting. Then I looked at the back and it was like 9%. I was like, what is this? It was awful. That ruined Christmas. The worst wine I ever had. <clears throat> um, re-poured it down the sink. I think it was Stuart's 26th birthday or something like that. Um, we had a bunch of people around the flat. Uh, the flat was too full. We had this, it's a tiny one bedroom, one bedroom flat and it's fine like for having a couple of folk over. But you know, tiny kitchen, quite a big living room to be fair bathroom and bedroom and that was all tiny little one bed flat all these people around um and i think it was one of stuart's best friends girlfriends left a bottle of wine behind like unopened and we were like oh you left your wine here she's like oh just drink it um and we tried it and it was um you know blossom hill <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was like the extra fruity Blossom Hill. Oh, I don't know no. what it's called, but it, it just tasted like moldy fruit juice. You know that way where it's like really, really, really oversweet, but it still mm-hmm. tastes like it's fermented. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't know about this. Uh, we ended up pouring it down. We tried to drink it and we just couldn't. Um, I like to go quite dry with my wine. Dry white wine is like the only white wine I can stomach. Okay. Um... And I don't really know how to describe. I'm not. I'm not a sommelier. I don't. I don't do wine tasting. Uh, but I know, like, if I read the back of something, and it says that it goes really well with cheese or red wine, not red wine, red meat, wine on the brain. Um, I haven't even been drinking wine. I've had one cocktail. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if it says it goes really well with cheese or red meat, then maybe an 85% chance that I will really enjoy it. Um, I like... I usually like a Tempranillo or a Malbec. Yeah. But I don't know enough about wine, you know? I don't know I can't, enough I can't about go, wine. Oh, yes, I like a this wine or a that wine. I just know I like dry white wine, and I like red wine that goes well with cheese. I like... <laughs> Basically all red wine. I will drink every red wine apart red wine. Red wine. Red wine. Red wine. Uh, I red will drink wine. any red wine apart from that three pound fifty bottle of wine. <laughs> and I will sometimes drink white wine if I'm really hot and in the bath. Aren't you always really hot, Callum? I mean, I'll have to go ask some girls. <laughs> 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 or or boys like um the answer to that is no and there you go that's that's it that's the answer that's the answer Callum next is question. not always really hot um what is the next question we should ask a Christmassy question what is your favorite Christmas song my favorite Christmas song is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole 
that's a good choice. That and that. That's I don't actually know. The I've other been thinking one, about the other one. Oh, I actually do know. Is the I don't I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one about the spaceman. Oh, is it the one that goes da 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 da? That one, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a. Is that not like a Christopher? Blah blah song. Some th- yes, know, something like that. The yeah. guy that sings all the beautiful lady songs. Yeah, it's a Bill Bailey joke. Oh okay. Um. <laughs> uh, no, my favorite Christmas song is "Stop the Cavalry" okay. by Jonah Louis. I love that, and it's literally just for the trumpets and the fact that the trumpets are really really cheery sounding. <laughs> and then you listen to the words, and it's like. I'm at war and I can't go home. I want to go home for Christmas. And it's really sad. And I love it. I love it. That is exactly the thing that I love. Oh, that's Um, brilliant. Yeah. But, you know, all week I've been singing hymns, like Christmas hymns. And I I don't know why. I separate hymns from Christmas songs um, because... A lot of people don't. um, It's weird. It is weird. And I think... I suppose a lot of it, if you listen to a lot of the classic albums, like with Bing Crosby and like Sinatra and everything, they sing hymns on their Christmas albums. Like Silent Night and Away in a Manger, they're both hymns, right? Yes. Um, um, but I've I've spent the entire week singing uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. First of all, the tune to that is brilliant. And so pretty. Israel is such a great word to sing. It feels really nice in the mouth. You're like, oh. Yeah. The other one I really like in terms of Christmas hymns is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Which is a very similar tune. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Yeah. Well, it starts quite similarly, but yeah. Um, that's a great one. Uh, I love I, I love it, Fidelis. But... I just do. Adesti. See, I can't sing that in anything but a West Coast Scottish <laughs> accent. Adesti Fidelis. Late triumphant. It's just I can't help it. It's because that's the way I was taught it in primary school. Oh, that's like, brilliant. Venite, venite in Bethlehem. It's so weird that, like, oh, obviously Bethlehem is the name of the place, but it, yeah. it's when you sing it. Bethlehem. When you sing it, um, you kind of like what well, when I sing it, um. I kind of like you know always put on like almost a, a um like a Latin mm. kind of accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do that thing that Gaelic people do when they speak English words and say Bethlehem as if it's an English word, <laughs> and it sounds uh-huh. it's so jarring. I love it. Um, do you know the worst part about Destiny Dealers though is I switch into English. So, uh, venite, venite, in Bethlehem, come and adore him <laughs> every time. And I don't know why. It's like that hymn, um, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King of Kings, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King. And then there's that always, always that one kid that goes, of Kings. I did that Even in though, school. Yeah. <laughs> Deliberately. It was the 
um, because um, our school would have the like a minister come in and you'd sing carols and whatever and hymns and things um, so we sang that and like at the end I just went Kangs <laughs> um, because I thought it was really funny <laughs> my mum did not hilarious. think it was really funny um, my oh, mum worked so funny. at the school that I attended um, Ooh, so. extra judged yeah you can't get away with anything so the way it worked was um, my mum was working in Stornoway Primary which is the primary school I went to right up until I hit P7 and then she moved to Nicholson which is the secondary school Right before I was going to move it, so I never, I have never had like school without That's so a parent weird. being in the school. You couldn't misbehave. Nope. So oh, I just got man. by on being average at everything. Um, another hymn story, uh, about Christmas, is um, so the church that I used to go to, the chapel that I used to go to, um, they they had an organ um and an organ player mm-hmm. and that's great like see if you go to church there is nothing worse than going to church and there being no instrumental behind you uh-huh. because the hymns will be led by some random who can't sing <laughs> like that yeah. will definitely be the sod slot that's going to be the loudest singer um now i remember at christmas time they crack out the christmas hymns like 12 days before um even earlier soon as the advent wreath is getting lit they'll they'll crack out the christmas hymns um but there's one and the chorus is gloria that was Wait, a really bad one? Singing of because it. there's two there's that one and there's the one that goes gloria no that's the one i'm talking about right? okay the, lo- the longer one now so not only is it longer the organist played oh, it. Google thought I was talking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Google. <laughs> um, the the organist at my church, and as I said, I'm very grateful that I had an organist in my church because I went to churches where there were none occasionally and it would be awful. Or sometimes, you know, if you went to a weekday holiday of obligation mass, Ugh. there wouldn't be an organist. But the organist would play it so slowly. Oh, so slowly and you'd run out, out of breath, breath and you'd be like glow but yeah but really slow it's when you and, listen and you, to <laughs> if you listen for like the the staggered like glow <gasps> yeah 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 you're like why did you choose that hem why what was your favorite hymn non-christmas just any hymn what was your favorite hymn <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad uh, my favourite hymn in church ever is Go the Mass Has Ended. It's a good tune, though. It's, Go the Mass Has Ended. Da, 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 da. You're like, oh, I feel da, so da, good. Da, 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 yeah, actually, like, it's, yeah, upbeat. <laughs> and... My favourite hymns were always the sad ones. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember the tune right now, but there's a really, really sad, sad Easter hymn that's all sad and awful um and i can't remember what it is um but yeah i just remembered a different sad hymn 
called it, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? Ooh. Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble. <laughs> um, the, the other one man. I really like is Lord of the Dance. Okay. Which is, dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the Dance, said he. Yeah, the one that they actually do in Lord of the Dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to see Lord of the Dance. Did you? Yeah, Lord of the Dance was in Glasgow when I was about 16, and I had, when I was young, a tape cassette. And I mean really, really young, uh-huh. like five or six. I had a tape cassette of uh, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance, and I used to listen to it all the time. I actually used to help me go to sleep. I got a portable tape player, and I used to um, put Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance on and listen to it and go to sleep. Um, so I loved Lord of the Dance when I was young and I remember being like I wanted to go so badly and it was on at the Armadillo in Glasgow and <laughs> I asked my mum and she's like maybe Gran will go with you <laughs> <laughs> so Gran and her auntie Delise uh, and Elena we all went and we went to Lord of the Dance and I was so happy and I loved every minute of it and the rest of them were just like cool <laughs> that was a thing and i was like this is the best oh man and it's funny because i haven't actually paid attention to lord of the dance ever since then uh but yeah that was a childhood dream of mine to go see lord of the dance and i did it <laughs> like that's it you got to live your dreams if anything that's a lesson for humanity if you want something so badly and you're like oh i would love to do this and go to this place obviously not right now right now is COVID. a terrible time don't do it but when all this is over, look, you might be dead tomorrow. And who's going to spend that money when you're dead tomorrow? Exactly. Just go. Just exactly. Go. I'm, I'm not saying dreams. bankrupt yourself and just... No, you know, don't, do right, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Be responsible about it. Yeah. But like, you know, you can, you can afford discipline it, yourself and save. If you can, obviously. A lot of people are in shitty situations and I do... Oh, yeah, for sure. Feel we sympathize. I'm so sorry. Um... Yeah, we need a better government. Yes, we do. We need a better government. Not to politicise the podcast, but we need a better government. Um, yeah, I I have a bucket list. I have t- adopted... I took a, a, some people out kayaking um, earlier this year. And uh, I've stolen their, their bucket list philosophy. Is They add things to their bucket list after they've done them. Oh, so that's, that's so what cool. I've started doing. So my bucket list is always complete, but there's always room for more. Oh, that's actually really nice. Yeah. Um, skydiving is not on my bucket nope, list. No, skydiving will never be on my bucket list. That sounds horrible. Why would you want to feel like you're about to die? And that's it. Like I've had, like I've tried imagining it, and I've tried imagining sitting in the side of the plane, waiting to jump out, and nah. I'm like, do you know what? No. No, never. That's, Your uncle did it. He did. And he has, first of all, uh, awful fear of heights. He also has a fear of flying. <laughs> so it didn't, he was, he was like, do you know what? He landed and like, you know, when most people go like, oh, that was amazing. I want to do that again. He stood up and went, I'm never, no, 
not doing that ever again. That was awful. That was the worst experience of my life. I could never do it. I could never go skydiving. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Like, I don't need that. Like, I, I understand exciting things and being excited for stuff, but mm -hmm. the kind of adrenaline that you get from feeling as if you're about to die does not appeal to me. And that is essentially what that is. Yeah, like, that's literally what it is. It's your body going, oh shit, I'm going to die. Right. Here's pump you with loads of things to give you, like, the reaction times and maybe your brain can come up with something that's similar so you can survive this yeah no not for me um there are roller coasters i would ride for the sake of like it being a really interesting roller coaster <laughs> like for example uh alton towers has the i think it's like the first wooden roller coaster in britain for like 50 years or something crazy like that um or or longer i don't know i don't pay attention to alton towers really um but it's the wicker man right and it's mm. it's cool alton towers does a really good job of theming all their stuff like i remember when the 13 roller coaster came out when they they revealed 13 um because alton towers loves to do a bunch of world first thing things because obviously oblivion was the first uh vertical drop roller coaster my dad did that. um no, apparently, like, my my family, that holiday, I think I spoke about it before, where I was like, I'm not going on holiday, I want to do drama instead. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. They, all, they all went to Alton Towers as part of that, uh, and they did Oblivion first, and my brother tells me it was the biggest mistake they made, because they didn't want to go on anything else after that, because they hated it. <laughs> um, but they enjoyed a lot of their other experiences. Um but when 13 came out, it was like the world's first free fall. So essentially, 13 takes you into a, like a dark room. The roller coaster's fine. You know, you're, you're doing your roller coaster stuff. You get into this dark, dark room. And the roller coaster drops from one track to a different track a few feet below. In the dark. So if you don't know that that's going to happen, that's terrifying. That'd be awful. You know, That'd it's be like, awful. And then it takes you backwards out of that room, back through the the course. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway. I don't know. I haven't been on it. I have never been taught on towers. Roller coasters do not appeal to me. No. But yeah, they like they like all their world firsts. Um, so the Wicker Man wasn't a world first, but it was like the first UK wooden roller coaster in so long. And I'm kind of fascinated by wooden roller coasters, and I don't know why. So I would go on that one. Okay. Because it's not, it's like relatively tame. I'm not a big roller coaster person though. I'm not huge on roller coasters. I think I mentioned like I went on the mystery train, which is for kids. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, there's one, it's not a roller coaster. It's just a room where you sit in it and it basically swings side to side, the, the like the, the floor. Oh, is but that the in wall, Alton Towers? I think yeah, it's not, yeah. but the wall spins it round is. as well. I know exactly what that is. And it makes you feel is. like you're going right round. And that was cool. Because I knew it was fine. I can't remember what that like. It's like um the Smiler as well. That's that's in Alton Towers. That was that's got still to this day has the number one. It's like the most inversions on any roller coaster in the world ever. Um, and it's crazy because like Alton Towers again. I don't know how I know all this stuff because I really don't care. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. 
Alton Towers is really weird for being a theme park because it's in this really sort of beautiful, lush countryside area. And the neighbours to the theme park have made it so that Alton Towers is not allowed to build any roller coasters that go above the tree line. So it's crazy that they've managed to get all of these world's firsts in this park that isn't allowed so what they do is they tend to build like underground they excavate and they make space Uh so like nemesis was built like that nemesis was like the first like oh i can't remember like suspended roller coaster or something like that um but yeah i'm interested in wooden roller coasters but i'm not interested in going up a really really high height so i think wicker man's like that's the wooden roller coaster for me and i'll go on that and that's it (laughs) you won't catch me doing any like adrenaline junkie stuff like i'll never go water skiing or you know diving i'd go water skiing i wouldn't yeah but you like water sporty stuff like that anyway that's true um what i really want to do which is something i've never done is i would actually love to go to different places and go as a punter on activities that i run (laughs) oh that would be great because that would be interesting. I think that I could... Oh, I might be able to actually class those as CPDs for finding out how other people implement the same things. And maybe, Amazing! Uh, maybe. Me and you should go. We totally we should. should. That'd be to, great. We should go to Loch Lomond and do all their stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Like that With that, I think we should finish. Okay, Finish okay. the season. The season. Um, oh. Oh man! I can't it's been believe a good... we've managed twelve episodes. Go on, we did it. And thank you for listening. If any of you listen, thank you. We thank really, you really for appreciate sticking through that. It. Um, I understand that it's <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess. This, we are... this podcast is a mess. Yeah, we are going to try and think of um how to kind of streamline it and make it make it better for you. Uh, for the next lot um yeah more for the listeners instead of us yeah um but yeah thank you thank you for sticking with us and um look if if you want to send a photo of you with the word kabloof on it somewhere go for it yeah we'd love that at inverus on twitter i believe yep and just search inverus on facebook and we're on both of those Yes. Um, we might get an Instagram next season. Who knows? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, um, thank you and Merry Christmas. Merry I hope Christmas. You have a lovely time despite everything that's happened this year. Oh, Hopefully, wait. next year's better. Hold the boat. Okay, I'm holding the boat. Hold the, boat. the boat is being held. Just the don't boat panic. is being held. Everything's okay. I have no idea I what's can't going hear. on. I've got my headphones on. But what I'm doing <laughs> is I've got a Christmas cracker. And oh. I thought I'd pop it and then read what's inside it. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Right, this is a really cheap one, so. Tell me the joke. Okay. Give us the joke. First of all, the thing that's in it is just a piece of card with Paul the Polar Bear on it. <laughs> I know it's Paul the Polar Bear because it says Paul the Polar Bear and has a picture of a polar bear wearing a jumper. Take a photo and we'll put it on the, the socials. I got a blue hat. Here we go. 
This is the good stuff. Right, okay. Something to think about. Wait, no, there's no joke. Oh, <laughs> what's no a joke. Christmas card without a joke? Without a joke? Okay, right. Something to think about. Merry mindfulness. At bedtime, think about your favorite moments of today. Well, there it? you go. That's it. Well, there's there's a game to share as well. Okay, what's the game? Ask everyone at the table to write down one thing they love about you. Mix them all up and try to work out who wrote what. That's terrible. That's really narcissistic. Like, what do you love about me? What do me? you love about me? Well, I'll tell you what. So, tell me, Callum. Uh, what do bedtime, you love about uh, me? I will think about recording the podcast today. One of my favourite moments of today. And, and Dragon Age, actually. I'll, I'll put that in there, too. Dragon Age was fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do a Dragon Age tabletop role-playing game, and it's great. I say that, but I run it. I don't have no idea if it's good or not. I just run it's it. Good. It's good. And it's very fun. I'm glad you think so. That's good. Anyway, with that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful new year, and we'll see you in 2021. Woohoo! Kabloof. Kabloof! Ah. <sighs>